What's going on there, guys? I am Pat the Pac-Man. Welcome to our premiere episode of our podcast called Barking for Balance. It is a podcast that is centered around dogs, but it's actually primarily centered around everything. It's a, Basically, it's about trying to find a life of balance. Um, balance is, is what things are all about. And we're going to talk about dogs, obviously, because that's the center of what this is all about. And it's the center of my world. But it's just not necessarily all about dogs. So um, first of all, I want to just talk about a little bit about what that word balance actually means. And um, a lot of people, when they hear, especially talking about like dog trainers or dog behaviors, and they're completely against that word. And they actually say to people, make sure that you don't, you know, they don't say anything about the word balance. And if the word balance is in there, you want to avoid them. I'm not exactly sure why that word and that concept is so terrible. Um, Basically, the way I think balance should be viewed is living exactly that a life of balance, much like unfortunately, most of our dogs don't live. And that's why there's so many poorly behaved dogs. But we're gonna get to that in a second as to how we could help these dogs become more balanced and balance is a good thing. So let's talk about balance a little bit. And, uh, you know, before we get even get started about that, let me tell you a little bit about myself and uh, where my what my story is and how I came to be here. Because right now I could imagine you're saying to yourselves, so I'm going to tell you and you're going to understand what that means in a second. So uh, I'm, uh, I was born in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn for 10 years and uh, my parents are off the boat Sicilian. And we ended up moving to Sicily when I was 10 years old and I lived there for a total of seven years. So I do speak fluently Italian and I do speak very fluently Sicilian. Um, Sicilian is one of the things that I love. Speaking Sicilian is one of the things that I love. It's a dying, unfortunately, it's a dying language. It's a dying dialect. It's the dialect of Sicily. Um, back in the day, it was viewed as very like vulgar, you know, like lower class people spoke Sicilian and the upper echelon people spoke Italian. So, well, fun, cool, it's all that stuff. But um, I'm a big lover of Sicilian. I speak it all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing that. I, I, you'll be throwing in some words and some phrases. So uh, be prepared. But um, yeah, so, so yeah, like I said, lived in Italy for seven years and um, moved back when I was 17 years old. Make a very long story short. I was terrified of dogs till I was 28 years old. Yes, 28 years old. And um, throughout that period, I was also a financial advisor. I was a financial advisor for 16 years. And during that 16-year period, I became very unhappy being a financial advisor. So let's start with the dog part of it. So um, I was afraid of dogs till I was 28 until I got divorced. And I moved into my first apartment. And that's when I had exposure to dogs, which is the reason why I... Um, I believe that I, I developed this fear of dogs because I really never had any exposure to dogs. Uh, it was just preconceived notions or whatnot. So finally had some exposure and I overcame my fears. No more scanturica on it. And then uh, I was completely against though, uh, pit bulls and Rottweilers pretty much for, you know, what you hear in the media, what people were saying, again, no exposure, no experience, no nothing, but that's kind of like how that started. So uh, from there, uh, I got, like I said, I got divorced, moved into this apartment, overcame my fear of dogs, and was the, the Pitbull and the Rottweiler thing lasted for quite a bit, number of years after that. Um, during that period, I also had a Shih Tzu Poodle named Peanut. That was my first dog ever. And he was a little 15-pound, a little fluffy guy. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about him on another time. So uh, he's since passed and makes me sad to talk about it, but I don't want to digress. Let's stay focused. So, Stamogashata Rita. So anyway, 
um yeah we're gonna have fun with this it can be like a whole different language you're gonna be like trilingual or bi- bilingual when this is but bi- if we keep paying attention to this podcast and uh so yeah so so uh during that period like i said i was a financial advisor unhappy being a financial advisor and i was trying to figure out what i wanted to, to do with my life and so what ended up happening was that i somehow stumbled onto a tv show and the tv show was called the dog whisperer with caesar milan and I started watching the show purely because there was a dog on the show that caught my attention. And I started watching the show to try to get glimpses of this dog. And through watching the show, I learned that the dog that I was infatuated with just so happened to be a pit bull. So I started watching the show and I started to learn about the realities of pit bulls and Rottweilers. From there, I also started to learn about dogs, dog psychology, dog behavior, dog communication, dog language, all sorts of dog-related stuff, and I decided to apply some of those things to my dog, Peanut. Now, Peanut was actually pretty good, even though now I realize that I did everything wrong. He was just predisposed to be perfect. So uh, I tried some of the techniques that I was learning from watching the show and watching Caesar, and I was, star- I was stunned by the fact of how amazing the results were. And I was like, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. So again, by learning the dog stuff and learning about Pipples and Rottweilers, I started to really like, pay close attention to the show and listening and learning. And I decided at that point, I, I'm giving you guys a very condensed version of this whole story. Otherwise, we'd be here for like days and weeks. So I, I started watching. I, I decided to do the impossible, which was to adopt a Pipple a bad pit bull. And I wanted to make sure that I rehabilitated him based on what I had learned from Caesar Milan. Now I, that's where socks comes in and that's my pit bull uh, socks. So I adopted socks and through a major turmoil of dealing with him and learning and growing and all the sorts of stuff. And we'll get into more details at some point, but um, I just developed this passion and this passion kind of just took over my life. And the passion really started to literally take over my life and take over my schedule. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, uh, I guess at this point, uh, my career started to take the, the, back, the back seat. You know, being a financial advisor, being on commission, you know, I really wasn't, I really didn't care about, about working. Um, I really didn't care about doing what was necessary to, um, to do the work, to do the job and to do the duties and to do the tasks necessary. So, um, you know, I wasn't paying attention, but then I started to like volunteer at the shelters and the shelter, I was doing more of that. So it started like as once a week for a few hours, it became twice a week for a few hours, for, for a few hours. And then like the whole day, then multiple days, then basically I was there the whole week. And I started off being a a dog walker. I was walking the dogs, but then my reputation grew because I was the one that was able to handle the more uh, troubled dogs, the ones that really, you know, other people couldn't handle. So I started to, to do the job of the employees, even though I was just a volunteer. And uh, I guess because I'm a people person and I just enjoy, you know, working with people and dealing with people, I, um, I, started, I started to, to tell people you know, and teach people about the stuff that I had learned and, you know, what I was basically doing. So I was able to get a lot of dogs that were uh, considered unadoptable to be adopted. And uh, my reputation was growing and some of these people needed additional help. So they wanted me to go to their homes. So I started going to their homes. And at first it was just, like I said, it was just a hobby. So I was going there for free, spending hours at a time, just going to people's houses, just helping them with their dogs. And then uh, people, some people forced me to get paid. And then through this time, of course, like I said, it took over my life. It took over my, my schedule and it came to the crossroads where I had to make a decision. Like, you know, do I continue at this pace or, you know, do I give this a shot? And somebody who I was working with, they said, you know what, you're really good at this. You should consider to make it a career. And I'm like, 
And uh, I gave it a shot. And that day was September uh, 16th, 2014. September 16th, 2014 was the day I quit financial services. And I've been doing this ever since. And here we are today. Happy, happy, happy. And it's, uh, it's good stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a very, 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 very condensed story of how we got here. And, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, about Pitbulls, um, but not too much. I really want to, want to get into a little bit about this balance story. But Pitbulls um, get a bad reputation. A lot of, like, aggressive breeds get a bad reputation. So I want to just put this disclaimer out there. There is no such a thing as an aggressive breed. There's aggressive minds, but there's no aggressive breeds. So aggression is not a breed issue. Aggression is a state of mind issue. It's like saying there's no such thing as it's basically, it's basically there's no such thing as aggressive dogs or aggressive breeds. There are aggressive state of minds in specific dogs or breeds. And that is primarily caused by a lack of this particular formula which is why I want to start this off, especially since this is our premiere episode and our first episode. And the title of the show is, the title of the podcast is Barking for Balance. And I want to focus on that word balance because that's one of the reasons why a lot of dogs go down the wrong path and they become misbehaved, most likely misunderstood. And they're labeled as aggressive and they're labeled as whatever. And some of them actually are, but it all stems from the lack of this formula. And the formula is very basic. It's a work, rules, and then reward formula. I'll repeat that. It's, a, it's work, rules, and then reward, okay? So what the hell does that mean? Okay, work, okay. Work is giving our dogs something to do. It's, it's giving our dogs something to make them, number one, drain the physical and the mental energy. Number two, it's to um, make them fulfilled. Dogs are working animals. And some dogs actually have specific tasks. You know, we have our shepherds, we have our cattle dogs, our protection dogs. Every dog has a specific task. So if we don't channel those instincts, and if we don't channel those needs and fulfill those needs, then they're going to become destructive or disruptive. And that's the, the, the cornerstone. So Working is mental, but it could also be physical, and sometimes it could be both. So the most basic way to work a dog is walking, okay? That's what most people do. It's what, what, what almost anybody can do. And the level of how much working, how much walking um, is necessary, it depends on the dog. It's not really dependent on the breed itself. It's based on the energy of the dog because you could have the same exact breed of dog one has higher energy than the other. So it's really an independent case. Now, obviously, if you're dealing with like a Mastiff compared to a lab, well, yeah, a Mastiff is going to require less physical uh, stimulation compared to a lab. However, the same breed of a lab, one lab could be requiring more physical and mental stimulation compared to another lab. And so that's why we have to cater it to those. And um, I'm just giving you an overview right now of just the basic premises. But, you know, in future podcasts, I want to talk about more in detail about these concepts. Um, so that's, that's one component. That's the work component, mental and or physical. Oh, we, let's talk about the mental aspect of it. So what is the mental aspect? Mental is the brain, okay? So 
me using used to be I used to be a financial advisor, like I said, and my father was uh, was a mechanic. He used to fix cars, and he always said to me when I would come home exhausted, and 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 I would be like, man, uh, I had such a long day. I'm so tired. That basically means how could you be tired when you're sitting on your ass in front of a TV? Well, that's the problem with the difference. That's not the problem. That's the difference between physical uh, stimulation and mental stimulation. You could be just as tired by using your brain. And that's one of the things that we want our dogs to do is we want our dogs to use their brain to process, to think what it is that they need to do in order to get the third component of the formula, which is the reward component. Okay. So if we don't let them think and process, then they're never going to come to that conclusion. And that's, we're also helping drain physical and mental. And I'm sorry, it's also draining mental energy. It's getting them tired because they're thinking, they're processing, they're trying to figure out what it is that they need to do in order to give you, to give you what it is that you're asking for, or for you to give them what it is that they desire. Got understand? So the mental and the physical aspect combined is crucial. The walking incorporates both. If done the right way, it incorporates both. And again, we're going to talk about that on a separate uh, podcast, but make sure that we work. And, and, and if you guys have any questions on the working, let's, you know, let, we'll, we'll I'll be more than happy to answer and to discuss this in more details. Now, the rules part of it is about establishing structure. It's about establishing expectations. It's about letting our dogs know what it is that we want from them, what it is that's required of them. Oftentimes, if not most of the time, if not all of the time, guaranteed that if they don't know what it is that we want from them, if you don't know, if we don't know what's, if they don't know what's expected of them, then they're kind of just going to make up their own rules. And that's why a lot of dogs get labeled as aggressive is because they've never had any structure. They never had any directions, any boundaries, any limits, any rules, or anyone to tell them what it is that they want. We want, they wanted from them. So they gone down the wrong path and they're making up their own rules. Some of them makes no sense whatsoever, such as, you know, the people that love their dogs that, that protect them. You know, and this part cracks me up when you have like the little bitty Yorkie that's about two pounds that's sitting on a person's lap and, you know, somebody comes up to them and they're, and the, and the dog's growling and he's like this little, little squirrel and people are like, oh, she's so protective of me. And I only have two questions for that. First, well, there's actually three. First of all, is it That's just a different question. But the second question I have is, number one is protecting you from what? Like if you're allowing your dog to protect you, it's protecting you from what? Like protecting you against everything? And the second, and the second question I ask him is, how? This is a little squirrel. You, pew, you fling him off and he's gone. But anyway, we're, you know, I'm, going, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Without rules, that's what they do. If they don't know that they're not supposed to protect you, if they don't know that they're not their job, then they're going to protect you, okay? A lot of people want that, you know? And I always recommend that if you want your dog to protect you, then you need to have them protection trained specifically by professionals that specialize in that area because otherwise they're going to protect you against everything and anything. And that's when you have behaviors that are going to end up getting your dog put down, okay? But again, we're getting a little, a little ahead of ourselves. Focus on establishing rules, direction, bounds, and limits. Let your dogs know what it is that you want from them, much like you would do for a, for a child, like a parent would do for a child, much like a boss would do with an employee, letting them know what the expectations are. 
We come in at eight o'clock, we leave at five o'clock. You get a 30 lunch, minute lunch break. This is where the copier is. This is what we're doing here. This is what you're doing over here. Just basically setting the, the tone of what you want, okay? That's the rule component. And then the third component, which is really not something I have to teach anybody because that's what most people do, is the rewards. Work rules and then reward. Reward of every, rewards, I can't even talk. Rewards are everything. Okay, it's food, it's toys, it's treats, it's affection, it's affection, it's playtime, it's everything is a reward. And there's more, more parts of it, which we'll get to about what other components are reward as well. And that's part of like teaching specific behaviors that some dogs are not really performing up to our, 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 up to our, our expectations. So, but the reward, the basic reward is the treats and the, and the attention and the affection and, 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 and the playtime and the toys. Those are all rewards. The problem is that most people, give their dog rewards at the wrong time and in the wrong way. And most of the time it's too much. Okay. Now we have three components to our formula. We have our work, we have our rules, we have our reward. Okay. Most people, and I'm sure that if you're honest with yourself, you're going to look at it and say, you know what, that's a good point because I give my dog too much reward. I don't really work them and there's barely any rules. So now going back to the concept of balance, it's one third, one third, and one third, right? So if we have one third that's missing, one third that's sometimes, and then one third that's always there, do we have balance? I'm not a mathematician, okay? However, if we're missing one of those three, that means we're off balance. Make sense? We're off balance. What we want is we want to be in balance, which means every single component has to be the equal amount. Every single component has to be in food. Every, every single component has to be in place in order for it to have balance right? We have to have our work, we have to have our rules, and we have to have our reward. That's when people will say, work hard and play hard, okay? Balance. It's not too much work, no play, it's a problem. When I was a financial advisor back in those days, my quest for, for a number of years was focused on, on basically money. I was, I, was, I was a money whore. I was chasing after money. Uh, that was the only thing I really cared about. And I believed back in the day, in those days, that um, money was how you um, determine whether you are successful, whether you are happy, whether you are fulfilled, and all that kind of good stuff. And I realized that that is a component of achieving those three things. So, in life, what I like to what I like to focus on. And I, this is what I what I what I what I'm focusing on is achieving balance in all three of those areas to be to be happy, to be fulfilled, and to be successful. But in every single area, so happiness spiritually, happiness finance to be happy, fulfilled, and successful financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in relationships, in business, in every single area separately, because. Again, going back to balance, you could have somebody who is extremely wealthy. Financially, they're happy, fulfilled, and successful. They got it all. But yet their health is a mess, okay? You could have somebody who has the perfect body, okay? Their body is perfect. You know, 
they they work out they eat they're so disciplined they're structured they're in, in place everything there is perfect it's aces but their relationships are shit you know so they're not in balance their life is not in balance so i feel my opinion that in order to find balance to be happy successful and fulfilled we have to look at all these different areas so we try we work on this area we work on this area and we work in the areas that we feel we are weak in okay so if you're a little overweight and you have a ton of money then you know what slow down your work focus on your body go to the gym work out whatever the case may be about finding balance is how life is supposed to be lived if you're too much on one side then you're off balance and you're you're just not you're not as happy fulfilled and successful as you need to be or as you should be and that's my my philosophy the way i'm thinking about it because if you focus too much on on work and there's a lot of people that a lot of people that do that you know so tutto travaglio and that's it okay you know and that's great you know you maybe have you have a great business you're successful but maybe your health is deteriorating because you're just too focused on it so finding that balance is crucial and you know i think you know i thank god god is um is at the center of my whole life everything i do i i i praise god and i thank god and um i actually came to find god believe it or not right after i got divorced as well which is kind of funny because how the process of how things evolved to where i got to this point is 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 all within that period so that was a really really big big time for me there was a lot of things that were that were born uh, and that were created during that time period or after I should say that that took, that took place so don't discount divorces divorces are not necessarily a bad thing but we'll talk about those little areas in more detail uh, about my, my my personal life but getting back to dogs so yeah so you know everybody wants to love their dog everyone wants to care for their dog everyone wants to treat their dog like gold and I get it listen my dogs are treated better than than, than anything else you know I got them laying down right around me right now you know, but there are, they're fulfilled. They're, I can't even talk. I, I'm telling you, I don't drink, but no, I'm just kidding. So, um, they're, 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 um, they're happy, they're fulfilled and they're successful as what they are, because that's what I cater towards. You know, I, I make sure that the formula again is in balance. Everything is in proportion. They're getting everything that they need from me in order for them to give me what it is that I want to return. Most of the problems with dogs is that the relationship dog and human is one-sided. So we bring a dog home and we don't really give a flying shit about what dogs require. So I'll give you an example. How many people, how many of you guys are in this situation or know somebody in this situation that they don't walk their dogs ever. Okay? They don't walk the dogs. Dogs need to walk. Dogs need to walk. They need exercise. Now, people will mistake putting their dogs in the backyard and running around, and to them, that's exercise. It's not. If it were that, then why is it that when you bring them back in, they're just bouncing off the walls? It's because running around the backyard is not a draining activity. It's an energy, it's an excitement-driven activity. It increases the energy levels. It doesn't get rid of the energy levels. It kicks them up. 
Okay. So excite, uh, playing, in the, playing around in the backyard, running around the backyard is playtime. It's that it's exactly that, which means it's an excited excitement driven activity. It's geared towards that excitement. It's playtime, right? So now if we put this in balance and we're working our dogs, right? That's the first component of the formula work, right? They need to work mental and their physical. So if we're putting them on, putting them in the backyard, okay, is there any rules? No, just free for all. They're just running, going crazy. It's like a child going to a park, just going, just rambling, just going nuts. As opposed to a child going to school where there's structure, there's discipline, there's a schedule, there's rituals, there's processes, okay? That's the difference. Now, if they're not getting their work component, that means that most of the time they either are not getting any rules because they come home, they'll jump on the couch, they'll stare at you, they'll be like in your face while you're eating, they'll bark, they'll chase people around, jump on you, whatever the case may be. That's because all that excitement is built, right? So now how can you teach them? How can you, can you um, put rules in place when the problem is that you haven't drained any physical energy? They're like exploding. So the brain can't focus on what it is that you want them to focus on, which means 99% of the time, even if you're trying to put some rules in place, you just say, fuck it, my fun cool. Because you, you know what, you know, listen, you, you know what, it's a dog, it's just a pain in the ass, let him do what he wants. See what I'm saying? So that becomes rewards. So now they're in the backyard playing, which by the way, is a reward, right? There's no work, there's no rules, it's all reward. So now the formula is all reward, reward, reward one component when there should be three. It's that simple. So work rules reward is about balance. Life is about balance. Okay. We need to find balance in our lives. We need to provide our dogs a balanced life for them to be happy, fulfilled, and successful. Okay. Again, what I was talking about when about a one-sided relationship is that people bring our dogs, a dog home and they're not providing their dog what they need. Whatever the breed may be, especially if it's a purebred of a specific type, we're not providing them what it is that they need, okay? So now they're not getting what they need, okay? But we expect them to provide us what they need, which is, oh my God, I wanna come home and I wanna be loved, okay? So now you come home, you're screaming, hi, baby, oh my God, I missed you so much. Where have you been? You miss mommy. And now you're hugging and kissing them. So the Ford, is it the Ford? You're just hugging and kissing them. Okay, you're getting that excitement all crazy, all revved up. So now there's nothing to drain it. Now you're kicking it up. You're making it get to the top of the list. It's at the top. It can't go any higher. It's all the way up top, right? And it's exploding. It's exploding. But there's nothing to drain it. You haven't given them, an, given them an outlet to drain it. You haven't set any rules, but you're just giving them tons of reward, tons of affection. Yeah, kicking up that excitement, getting that excitement, throw some treats at them. Yeah, here's some treats. Here's some cookies. Here's some food. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then you wonder why they chewed up your freaking couch. Then you wonder why they jumped the fence and they ran down the street. Okay. You're wondering why they just bit the mailman. Well, that is because you did not fulfill their needs. It is a one-sided relationship. It's that simple. Would you be happy if your relationship was one-sided? Husband and wife, but the wife is not getting what she requires from her husband. But the husband is getting everything that he requires from the wife. How would you feel? I guarantee you wouldn't feel good.
right? Guaranteed. So we need to understand to we need to understand the basic premise that dogs don't require us to love them only. They need us to love them the right way. And we have to respect what they are. And they are dogs. When we treat them like humans, when we treat them like children, we're taking away the essence of what we love about dogs. I call it their dogness. Okay? We're taking away their dogness. Now, here's my theory behind this. Dogs, we love dogs for a reason. I love dogs for a reason. Okay? It's just their way they are, the way they live in the moment. We're going to talk about this in more details in more other, other podcasts, but the way they live in the moment, the way they're unforgiving, they're, they're forgiving, the way they want to please, the way they just live their lives and they're just focused on the present. They don't care about the past. They don't care about the future. They're just happy all the time. They just, they're just great creatures. They bring us so much joy and happiness, okay? So my question always is, why in the hell would we want to try to make dogs more like humans with if, which if, if, and any, if any, I can't even talk. If anything, we should try to be more like dogs because humans suck. You know what I'm saying? Let's try to be more like dogs. Dogs are cool. You know what I'm saying? Let's try to be more like them. Let's, let's, let's adapt some of their way of living, some of their way of being. That would make us. That would make this world so much better if we tried to be more like dogs. But instead, we try to be. Make, make, we try to make them more like us. That's what we do. It makes no sense to me. Okay, let's try to be more like them. Let's try to copy them. Let's try to observe them. Let's provide them for a change what they want. Let's make them legitimately happy. So this way, we don't have to blame the breed. Bl- blame the dog for misbehaviors. It's not the dog, people. It's the people. People make dogs. That's how it works. If you expect your dog to just magically be perfect, sometimes it'll happen. Happened with me and Peanut. I did everything wrong. That guy turned out perfect. Now, now that I look back, there were some quirks, but overall, he was pretty, pretty perfect, but it had nothing to do with me. Now, with the two that I have now, that wouldn't be the case. Socks and pepper, different story. And unfortunately, that is how most situations are. Our job is to give our dogs what they need. And it starts off from this basic formula, work, rules, and then reward. Okay? When I was being a financial advisor and I made the transition to becoming a dog behavior and rehabilitation specialist, it happened purely by coincidence. But I believe that God had a plan all along. That's why during that period, there was so, the period of my divorce, that's where there were so many changes. And that's why it was so important for me to go through this marriage, even though it was a doomed and failure before it even started. I, 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 I needed to go through it because there was a purpose. Had I not gone through it, I never would have moved into this apartment. And there's stuff behind that. And we'll get into that at a later time. If you have when you want to know more, let me know and I'll be more than happy to answer those those detailed questions there. Um, but but God has a purpose, had a purpose for me. He had a purpose of what he wanted me to do. And what he wanted me to do was he did not only want to want me to help dogs, because there's a lot of people that help dogs. There's tons of people that help dogs. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of people that think they're helping dogs when, to be honest, they don't really know jack shit about dogs. And, you know, we'll, talk, we'll call them trick-or-treaters. 
Um, those are the ones that focus on their treats and then their obedience commands. And they think like, that's, you know, we'll get into those, those situations on another time as well, but don't get me started. I'll start cursing. I'll, well, you know, this is, you know, so we'll, we'll, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about the trick or treaters in another time, but that's, that's the, the, those are the ones that, you know, really don't get the point of, of, of what dogs are truly about and what our mission should be when it comes to helping people. Um, it's not about training dogs. It's about training people. It's that simple. People make dogs what they are. So what my purpose in, or, you know, what God's purpose in this is number one is to help me help others understand their dogs. And through helping their dogs, people automatically will improve their own lives. So if we think about this, the life of balance creating a balanced life for our dogs through the work rules and then reward formula. What if we take that and we apply that in our own lives and we apply that in others' lives that are, are revolving around us, such as parents apply a work rules reward formula with kids, as opposed to also just rewarding them for doing absolutely nothing and giving them all sorts of stuff for basically doing nothing, right? What if bosses of companies apply the same formula with their employees. You know, sometimes the formula, depending on the circumstance, is off. So a lot of like business owners or a lot of company, you know, bosses basically, the reward component is missing. So they focus on the work, they focus on the rules, but they never give their employees the reward. And some dogs, I'm sorry, some 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 people, just like some dogs, the reward base is different. You know, so for example, when it comes to dogs, Everybody thinks like, you know, treats is, is, the, is, is the end all for everything. You just throw some treats and dogs will do whatever you want. That's not true. I've worked with dogs who treats just don't work. With some dogs, it's either specific types of food. Then that's their, their high value, uh, their ultimate reward. That's what they really crave. That's what they really want. Um, some dogs, it's toys. Some dogs, it's specific toys. I remember uh, through watching The Dog Whisperer, I learned that Junior, which by the way, was the pit bull that I was infatuated with, uh, Caesar's dog, Junior, you know, the way he was, he was the, what his ultimate reward was and what really was driving him to do all the things that Caesar wanted him to do was a ball. That's what he wanted. It wasn't food. It wasn't tr tr treats. It was a ball, you know? So with people, I feel it's the same thing. And what I've noticed is that one of the components that's missing is, yeah, you know, you have staff members, you have employees and, you know, people pay them because that's, that's their job. Okay, great. But that's not the reward. You know, for me personally, when I was, when I was a financial advisor, my boss was trying to motivate me to, you know, uh, before I made the transition to the city, he was trying to motivate me through, through money, you know, and I couldn't get motivated to start to, to do the, 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 the duties necessary because during that time, money really wasn't the driving force. Like I was, I would get a bonus out of whatever assets I would bring in, but it just never, it never drove me. It never like created any, like it never gave me a cabo to get moving and start doing what was necessary to, to do the work, to do the, the task of the job, you know? So I, I just never pulled it off. I never, I never, I never moved forward with it. So, you know, people require rewards, but depends on the person. Some people, money is their reward. Okay, great. Some people just want a pat on the back. You know, some people just want to be told, you know what, you're doing a great job. Some people, like when I started doing this dog thing, what I realized that was the ultimate reward for me was when people did or achieved what they thought was not possible. 
that gave me such a thrill when they would look at it and say, you know what, that's a good point. But it wasn't, it wasn't the dog part of it that I loved, believe it or not. It was the human transformation that I loved when the eye-opening fact of realizing, you know what, I understand and my life is going to be based on this principle. This is not about dogs. This is what some people have told me. It's not about dogs, it's about life. And if we, if I, this, again, this is what people are saying. If I do this stuff in my life, I feel that my life would be better. Yeah, exactly. Your life will be better, which means your dog's life will be better too. So what exactly is the problem? You know, again, what I was saying before about the balance bin, and a lot of people like sway, oh, you don't make sure you don't go near the, and these are all the trick-or-treaters, by the way. You know, don't go to the, 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 the balance, you know, they're just crazy. They're just mean. They're cruel. You know, uh, they don't get it. They don't get, they don't help shit. It's that simple. They don't understand what is in a dog's brain. Dog's brains are different. They don't operate on that crap that they're trying to, to push. They don't, they don't operate that way. They have a different way of thinking, a different, different, different mentality. The way they are is different than humans. And what we need to do is we need to understand them. We need to understand what's their way of thinking, feeling, and acting. We have to understand how they communicate. Stop communicating to them our way. Stop it. It's just ridiculously stupid. The dog training approach with tricks and obedience commands is not how dogs communicate with each other. That is just stupid. When was the last time you saw two dogs negotiating with treats and obedience commands? Tell me. I'll wait. I'll wait here for an hour. You know? That's it. not it makes no sense. Okay. Again, I'm all over the place. I know this is the first this pilot episode. I'm sure you guys are going to have tons of questions. We'll narrow them down. We'll weed them through. But I want to start with the basic principle. Work, rules, reward. Let's focus on that. Okay. Um, I want to thank God. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want, you, I want to thank you guys for, for being here. My name is Pat the Pac-Man. This is Barking for Balance. See you next time.